Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. What's up? <laughs> for some reason, I was waiting for the music that's going to play when we have the episode out. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh, we're starting. Oh, hello. It's the dry start. Yeah. Know, and it's right? always so weird. Because yeah. whenever, now that we have the song, we'll play it right as we're about to record on one phone and then immediately start recording on the other one. So we have like authentic reactions to our own song that we're in love with, <laughs> which thank you so much, by the way. Yeah. But then we're like, oh my God, wasn't that so cool? So I was like, we want to right. be in our own sitcom, <laughs> so this is what we do. We're like, wait for the end of Full House to play, and then we'll be like... And we're just waiting a position, just... Uh, roll credit. Right. Boom. <laughs> angles, <laughs> angles. Me, the cloud filter around my body, as yes. it's like, Joe Daniel Montalongo. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I did finger guns, because I'm cool. <laughs> so... Hi, welcome. You're listening to I Couldn't Help a Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. I'm Jodini Montalongo. I'm Paige Clarno. And we have a couple guests here that we'd like to talk to you, or talk with. I'm the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, welcome to Polly Part 2. Welcome. I'm so pumped. (laughs) This is a little in-between episode while we get the rest of our shit together for season three. What? Yeah, we got stuff happening. And obviously, Jess is here. And we have another special guest. (gasps) So special. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to do the honors of presenting this very special guest, Jessica? Yes, my extramarital lover, Miko. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's my boyfriend. Cute. I know. So cute. <laughs> it's so awesome. So um, you guys are both here to answer all of the crazy poly questions. and uh, Which is super brave of Miko, and I'm yeah. really, I think that's yeah, really thank adorable. Thank you for being with us, Nico. Really yeah, thanks for having me. We like to get all the fun perspectives instead of like one person's like, hey, this is how things kind of work for everybody. It's nice to see the different moving parts in this kind of relationship. Just to, just for everyone who's listening to kind of get the feel where if they want to experiment with polyamory and see if it's a good thing for them, they can see the different sides of it and what they can fit into. Yeah, there's so many experiences and different flavors. So hopefully oh, I can lend in... Different flavors of polyamory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 31 to be exact. <laughs> and the cool thing about Miko that I feel like is worth noting is this is his first polyamorous relationship. He's a recent convert. Oh, nice. So that's a very unique perspective, which is why I really wanted him in on the episode. Sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for yeah for being with us. That's so exciting. So um, most of these are kind of like existing poly questions, but they're definitely definitely some that that you can answer and just jump in whenever like so well, talk about how the last episode went real quick right first of all the most successful episode that we've had on our entire podcast what? yeah cool super exciting yeah. and i remember in our group chat with all three of us we were just like update the numbers update the numbers all right you guys it's almost there it's almost there these are the numbers these are the numbers <laughs> and when we finally broke it it was just the most exciting thing I really wanted that first place finish. Yeah. Selfishly. Yeah. And got it. (laughs) Yeah. Totally happened. It was so, so great. We got so many um, nice comments and questions. And like, Jess, I think you got the most feedback from everybody, which honestly was my goal is that I knew a lot of people did not understand polyamory, did not get it in quotes. And it was 
unfair because they were judging you on something that they did not understand. And now people understand it. And now we're going to delve deeper into it. So now they've got it. Like now they can maybe experiment with it if they feel like it's a choice that they want to make, which is awesome. And thank you to you guys for giving me that platform to do that. It's been part of my journey to release care of whether or not people understand my life. But also at the same time to like accept an opportunity to possibly explain it in a way and shout out to all the people who privately sent me messages after listening to the podcast you know who you are and with really really lovely affirming messages basically saying I'll admit it I was one of the people that judged you didn't understand you listen to the podcast and I have to say I really admire you know you coming forward and also I understand it a little bit now mm-hmm. and that was really cool on um, on my Tinder profile, which I use to promote the show and get kind of more stories for it. <laughs> it's super exciting. But um, my bio is, first I talk about the show, then I talk about myself, and it's, I'm polyamorous but in a monogamous relationship. And people are like, wait, what? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. And then people yeah. just don't get it. So they're like, oh, if I was going to listen to your show, what episode should I start with? And every single person I've directed to the polyamorous episode, and people are mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't, that's not how I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. That was different. So now we're still breaking the record for how many episode downloads that we have. But it's exciting, and people are still super into learning about that, which I didn't think people would be. They'd be like, oh, it's there. I have a resource if need be. But people are actively going for it and then asking more questions. And I think that's the most exciting thing that we could do for people. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start asking questions, that's when you start opening yourself up to it. Because if you're not open, you don't ask questions. You're just like, no. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we... We got 99 questions on a bitch ain't one. We have so much <laughs> shit rolling in, like, and I want to dive right into it. So okay. are you guys ready for the I'm questions? I'm ready to dive. All right. Sweet. Are you ready to dive, boo? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. Cool. So, I learned how to dive, so I'm going to, like, jump in feet first. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's totally fine, just as long as it's not the shallow end. No. Good. One time I tried to do that, and I, like, my feet slipped out from under me, so it was just ass <laughs> to concrete in the pool, which, like, thankfully the pool was there. Otherwise, I would have hurt a lot, but it still hurt a little bit. I don't bruise tempo. Couldn't sit down. Anyways, this is about me. Beautiful. (laughs) It's a weird Um, day today. (laughs) Still cracking. (laughs) So, um, in the last episode, we definitely focused a lot on the poly aspect and not so much the amory of it all, which is what I want to kind of jump into first. So, let's talk about love. So the last episode, you said, Jess, that you like falling in love, but also kind of said that it doesn't usually last longer than three months. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had a question come in that said, do you consider it all love? And how do the breakups go? Mm. Do I consider it all love? That is a deep metaphysical question. <clears throat> yes, because even the dark shadowy stuff is still love, right? Um, yes, I'm not sure really how to answer that. I don't tend to sustain anything longer that isn't a heart connection. So I'm not here to casually date. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, just, you know, me super hippy dippy spiritual, like God centered. And so I'm here to explore that universe with people. Um, and so what was the first part of the question? Is it never not love? Um, do you consider it all love and how do the breakups go? Yes, I consider it all love and the breakups are, I'm getting better at it. So I have this analogy of like, every relationship has its karma timeline. And when you see the exit sign, get off the highway. If you stay Mm -hmm. on past the exit sign and you'll both know, um, shit's going to get 
bad. So if you can get off when you first get the sign, it's going to be, like, sad but beautiful. So I've learned to, like, train myself to have these, like, really sad but beautiful breakups where you're, like, I'm still in love with you and we're breaking up. Mm. You know, breaking up while you're still yeah. in love is a really interesting experience. Um, and I've had some bad ones, <laughs> some gnarly ones, because people aren't necessarily trained to tell the truth about themselves. Mm. And if you're not willing to tell the truth about yourself during a breakup, it's not going to be pretty. But there is nothing more beautiful than being held by your husband while you ugly cry because some boy broke your heart. Mm. <laughs> He's if an I angel. Can ask, what do you mean we're not trained to tell the truth about ourselves? I've just polyamory requires extreme truth telling at all times and i'm not i'm just i'm saying it that way so that i don't sound judgmental mm-hmm. i'm trying to allow people to like be who they are not everyone's willing to to live at that level where you can just tell the truth everything you're feeling everything you're thinking and everything you're, you've done so if you're not experienced with polyamory and you come in and i find out you're lying about things mm-hmm. even things you don't have to lie about sometimes people can't help it they're unco- i know i don't have to lie to you about other people i'm seeing but I'm still going to. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Those breakups are a little uglier because we're not connecting on a real level. They're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So that can get really. And this ugly. kind of relationship doesn't work if you don't have trust. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if. In communication. Yeah. Because if you're mm-hmm. in a relationship with someone and you decide to have different partners, you have to be able to trust that that person's going to follow the rules that you and your, and your relationship have set up for each other. And if you find out that they're lying about their feelings or about even small things, it's all right. Well, what, to what extent does that go to? Mm-hmm. Like with you had when you had your three rules, where you're like, okay, I do it this way. We have to wear a condom, or you have to have like an STI checkup sheet, mm-hmm. and like, okay, cool. And you could be telling that to Joe, mm-hmm. and you're like, these are my rules. But then if you're like lying about other things, Joe's like, well, how mm-hmm. am I sure that you're sticking by your rules if you're lying about these other things? Yeah. In yeah. order to have a pretty breakup, like you have to be an evolved human being. It's possible. Mm. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. It's still going to suck. But it can... The breakups can be um, artistic and smooth and mature, I guess. Cool. I want to ask Nico, like, how is coming into this, like, different for you from a past... Past monogamous relationships? Like, coming in, meeting me, and hearing, like, okay, we have to have this level of truth-telling and communication. Is it too much? I don't think it's too much. I think I think it's welcome and open compared to maybe monogamous relationships um, that um, you would work with it. This and you'd you'd like to get there, right? In a polyamorous relationship, it's just right at the front front door. It's just like you have to do this, this, and this. Otherwise, it's not going to work, right? It was a lot for a first date. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I but I like that. Um, and going through a lot of other relationships where that may not be um, coming up um, that early on, I appreciate it more, I think. I think you can already get to a certain level um, because you, you you talk about it right away. So I, I like that openness about it. Mm. And Nico, just a little bit more about yourself. Uh, you've been in monogamous relationships before. Mm-hmm. Did you think that you were polyamorous or polyamorous inklings? Or was it just, I'm monogamous and then... Because you met Jess, it was kind of introduced to different ways of doing things. That's a good question. Well, in in my experience, because everyone comes through it in a different way, Mm -hmm. I was monogamous for a while, right? And only recently, I gave, I think I I gave this kind of analogy. So 
I'm, I'm very introverted and introspective. So I like to work on myself and I really value that. And I came to a point where there was this like reservoir where inside me, where it kind of got really full of just, I'm really happy with myself. I'm really confident. I'm, and it's just overspilling like with love. And, and for me, I just, all that love is just going to waste, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just want to put it in different areas where I could help people or love people. Right. Or something like that. And polyamory kind of spoke to that where I can um, be in love with multiple people. Right. And, and continue that going out. So that was really interesting for me. That's kind of how it started, I think. So. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> Girl, you telling me, like, he said that to me on our first date, and I was like, what? <laughs> All right, he can smash. Who does boy? Who does boy? Actually, Paige walked in that night on our first date, and she was like, um, who's sexy man bun? <laughs> yeah, I, I like, did. Oh, he's a bumble swipe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Girl, get it. <laughs> I still don't understand bumble. I was helping a friend do his Tinder profile last night, and Tinder I fuck with, and it like I, I made it, and it was gorgeous. But the Bumble account, I was like, I don't. It's classier, dudes. It, okay, and it's less hookup vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's it felt like I couldn't get the vibe for it. I was like, oh, I want to have fun, but on there it didn't. More I couldn't. Have, I couldn't have put the same bio that I used for my Tinder or my friend's Tinder yeah. profile mm. that I could have on this, and I was like, "Oh, this more is more educated, more evolved, more mature." It's getting a little more popular now, so the douchier dudes are finding out about Bumble. Mm -hmm. But uh, like six months ago, they didn't know about it. You're only it. finding guys like this. Over here. <laughs> there's, there's a douche filter, and suddenly oh. it's been lifted, and the douches are like, "What's that over there?" Yeah. There's a <laughs> dating app that two of my friends use, and. It I forgot what it was called, but essentially how it works is that it tracks your like location, so that if you're constantly bumping into people or crossing paths with people, it lets you know like oh, this person's in your area. So if you're interested in dating them, like you guys don't have to travel far to go on dates and stuff. So it's like for bigger cities where you have like little boroughs, yeah, or like, just lazy people, or just lazy people. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so cool because then if you go if you're constantly like at an art museum and it says like oh this person's always coming here too, then you're like oh. We have that in common. Or if you go to like the mm -hmm. library or like to the river, you have like the same pe people who already share your interests. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Reno already is that though. Like mm -hmm. Reno is already the one place that we're all at. Yeah. It's not big yeah. Reno it's, <laughs> yeah, it's totally meant for big cities. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? You're also in this city. <laughs> <laughs> we have that in common. Yeah. Before we move on to the next question, I just mm -hmm. going back to like what Miko said, I really resonate with that. That's how I knew I was Polly. And I say that coming from a place of poly, it feels like an orientation to me. It feels like asexual orientation. I'm not saying that to be controversial. I'm not trying to prove it to anybody. It's just how I feel. I feel like this love is spilling out of me and I can choose to fill that in other people romantically. Mm -hmm. And I could also choose to not. I could just love people without romantic intimacy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> But I really like having that freedom to do that. And it's part of, because I have said before, I really tried hard to stop dating non-poly dudes because that was not working out for me. <laughs> Where they were like, I like you. I want to try it. Okay, talk about bad breakups. Mm -hmm. And so Miko was like, oh, okay, I'm doing this thing where I'm going out with this guy who hasn't been poly before. But then he said that whole thing on our first date. And I was like, this dude is poly. <laughs> he just don't know it yet. <laughs> he hasn't had the resource to let him know this is what you're feeling and mm. this is okay. Yeah. And I tried to not be like, oh, poly agenda, but I mean a little bit, you mm. know, I've got one. Do you ever slip <laughs> into people randomly? Do I ever what? Like, not that you have an agenda, but for the sake of 
the conversation. Do you ever try to like just to sneak up that conversation with people you're meeting who aren't necessarily romantic, but just like, oh yeah, me and my polyamorous relationship with my husband and these mm, boyfriends here. Depends on my mood. Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes mm-hmm. I really just let it go, be discreet. Other times I throw it in just to throw people off. <laughs> or because I'm not thinking about it and it's lost its novelty to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh yeah, my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. You know. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, was that weird? I thought you were married. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which kind of leads into the next question Perfect. a little bit. So, um... Somebody wrote in and asked, when was the last time that you got jealous? How did it get resolved? And does anything stem from the fact that your partner's needs are being met by someone else? Can we take that one chunk at a time? Yeah, totally. (laughs) We're going to start. When was the last time you got jealous? When was the last time I got jealous? Um, I don't get jealous. No, I totally do. (laughs) Um, thought we were talking honesty here. Yeah. <laughs> so when was the last time I got jealous and how did I handle it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I can think of one per partner, like per my current partners. So Joe recently went to the hot springs with one of his lovers, and um, I instantly got jealous of the hot springs and of him. <laughs> and I just got jealous. I know, I know. <laughs> and so um, the way I handled it was one confession, Okay. Because there's no point in not, it's the first way to start moving in energy is confession. Mm. And I do mean that extremely religiously, but also secularly. Like, so I was like, well, I want to go to the hot springs. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, Can I come? I was like, I'm super jealous. And he was like, you are? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, um, do you want to go to the hot springs in a couple weeks? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Jealousy solved. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's so, being truth or mm-hmm. true yeah. with how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mostly, mostly I'd say the moment of confession takes a care of about 90% of the energy of jealousy. So like being transparent and vulnerable with my partner in that moment um, that I'm feeling jealous. And then for me, I don't like to be dependent on the behavior of someone else to assuage my jealousy. So I don't want my partner to have to change their behavior so I stop feeling jealous. Like, I need you to cancel your date to the hot springs so that I don't feel jealous. I don't want to do that. I want to be, like, self-reliant. I want to be able to handle jealousy on my own regardless of what someone else is doing. And it can be a very loving thing to change your behavior so your partner stops feeling a certain way. But I just, I don't want, I like to be, um, our co-host Charlotte has entered the room. (laughs) Charlotte, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Pull back. Um, so, yeah, I like to confess. And then a lot of times I'm in, like, affirmation is my love language. So I can be affirmed through a jealousy very easily. So I don't need you to cancel your date. I don't need you to change your behavior. Yeah, let's set up a date for us to go to the hot springs. And then also remind me that you love me and you'll see me later. And then with Miko, I, my last jealousy was, um, he's like working a lot right now. It's like dating a superhero over here. So I don't (laughs) get to see him a lot and he almost doesn't have time for dating at all, but he's like having this romance blossoming with this love of his and he spent one free day with her and I found out about it after and I was like, (laughs) but you had a day off? <laughs> well, I didn't get to see you, you know. And so I, he asked, what do I need? He took me to dinner and he said, what do I need? And I said, I just need better communication, more often communication, mm-hmm. and like a commitment to seeing each other. Even if that's like 
one day a week, you're going to, like, look at your schedule and be like, I maybe have this day for you. But just the effort. Mm-hmm. And that it was... Then it was gone. I don't know. Is that too easy? No. Of an answer? Well, no, I, I don't think, think so. It's humans have easy answers for their solution or for their problems, mm-hmm. but the hard part is following through on them. Where mm-hmm. it's easy to say, yeah. like, oh yeah, like take the jealousy, recognize where it comes from, and then grow on from it. Like, yeah, that's an easy answer. Mm-hmm. But for people to kind of step away from their feelings or how much they want to hold on to negative feelings because it feels good to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting to some real, real stuff. That's some. I know that shit. I don't even... Do you even have jealousy? He's kind of naturally not jealous. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a jealous man, but certainly there's there's little tinges of jealousy, right? Um, and that's what what's kind of interesting with polyamory, too where you can get into an area um, where you can work on it, where that kind of bubbles up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a primary currently, right? And Primary I, partner. Primary partner. Poly terms. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I know that those situations or those feelings would come up once I do have a primary partner. So that's something I'm looking forward to where I can, <laughs> where I can, um, I can work with that, right? Yeah. So. Do you feel like you can have good jealousy? Mm. That's a good question. I mean, I don't think any negative emotion is really that bad. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if there's a little tinge of jealousy, it's like a little beeping light, like boop, 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 boop. Like oh, pay attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just like, oh, just something so you're aware. Watch out. This is how you're feeling. Let's work with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think in that case it's a bad thing, right? So um, that could be super helpful. Because yeah. <laughs> like once you brought it up, I was like, oh, because there are things that like my boyfriend's often doing, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of jealous of that. But then then I'm just like, oh, okay. But I, I you kind of use it as a way to re-solidify how much I like him because I'm like, oh, it's not that he's doing that. It's like, oh, I want to be doing that with you. And I actually at first I wasn't quite sure how to answer your question. Can you have good jealousy? And then that's where my mind went was, you know what? If my jealousy makes me a better partner to my lovers then I think it's good jealousy. And so, you know, sometimes this is kind of funny. It's very competitive. But, like, if Joe were to meet a girl who was, like, really into, like, fiction, you know, he's an English professor and he reads classics, you know, and if he were to suddenly meet a girl that was, like, right at that level. Oh, and actually he, well, I won't say it on the mic because it's not official. But there's someone, you know, in that area right now. You know, I'm going to probably be like, suddenly read something, you know, <laughs> and like... Oh, yeah, Tolstoy, my, <laughs> my best friend. I know him. Whatever. I read two books this week. <laughs> um, but that's probably not going to last. And so if it makes me a better partner to him of like suddenly taking an interest in something that he's interested in and then, you know, whatever. But it's probably not going to last long because eventually I'm going to be like, oh, okay, you have someone else to do that. <laughs> Here, we're fine. But I don't like, need to do this. But, like, be a better partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If your jealousy makes you realize, you know what, I've been not paying attention to you and I need to pay better attention to you and it was the jealousy that got me there, then cool. Yeah. Is there anything on the on the topic of jealousy that you kind of keep sacred in an individual relationship that you feel you don't want someone else to be involved in? That was a weird question. But essentially, like, do you and Joe or do you and Nico have something that's strictly to you? Like, we have our favorite... Miko? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm no. so sorry. Do you guys have, like, a favorite spot that you guys go to, but you wouldn't go with Joe because that's yours and Miko's spot? Or oh, do you yeah. have this thing okay. that you guys do? Yeah, no, a little bit. And, and, and I've definitely gotten jealous and territorial, but I've never actually hung on to something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, nicknames or, like, pet names that come up, like, yeah, no, that's for one person. 
you know what I mean? Or like spots or whatever. But even then I'm like, oh, Miko took me to this really cute spot. Oh, I kind of want to, I kind of want to bring Joe here and he should experience it. You know, so sometimes I'm in the past, definitely four years ago with like my first love room. This is our thing. You cannot bring anyone else, you know? And then it's like, no, that's controlling. And I'm trying not to be controlling. Sometimes I work against my own feelings. (laughs) I love that. I do the exact same thing, and then I wonder, like, what the people at that restaurant think of me. (laughs) That, that, like, three days running, I've brought, like, three different dudes there. (laughs) Because I've totally done that. Fimbom is great. (laughs) Shout out to Fimbom. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Chal and I have a breakfast restaurant that we love to go to Mm -hmm. that we discovered together. When we first started dating, we decided, we're like, you know what? Let's not go to the same place every time. Like, let's create a list of things that we're interested in. And it happened twice. And then we fell in love with the Cup Cafe. And then we're like, no, we're lying. Like, this This is our favorite spot spot. in the entire world. So then we always go together. And whenever I go with someone else, people are like, oh, where's your boyfriend? (laughs) And I'm like, they care. And I was like, oh, I can never break up with him. Because if I bring someone else, they're going to, like, hate me. Yeah. Because they like him too much. Can never go back. Yeah. And they know our orders. They know us by name. At this point, we've also brought, like, family and friends. So they kind of know us as a group. And I was like, oh, man. That's cute. I can't bring anybody here. <laughs> I have naturally felt that way about, like, this is my thing with this person. I'm not going to... I'm going to keep that sacred. And I think that's fine. I have gotten away from that now four years into... As a professional poly person. <laughs> uh, no, I just, like... I've just gotten away from that. And mostly, I just want my partners to be happy and they tend to have so much in common that I'm probably thinking if this person likes this, this person's going to like this too. Mm-hmm. So you have a type. Yeah. You have a polytype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Intellectuals, can you tell? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you ever thought about that? Like, do you have something that's just like special? I guess you're not really dating anyone else hardcore right now. Yeah, that is a good question. I guess I'm in a different situation, so. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. There. So, um, last episode, you talked about the ideal relationship being polyfidelis. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so somebody somebody asked what that looks like for you. They wanted a little bit more information about kind of yes, how that is. ideal relationship polyfidelis. And of course, I say that having not not being in that situation, so I could get in that situation and be like, this is an ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so, polyfidelis means. Like, you have multiple partners committed to each other, and so you're not dating outside of that. So you're polyamorous because there's more than one of you in a small group, but you have made the commitment to not go outside of that small group, which makes it a little more fun time and schedule-wise because you can really, really commit to each other, and then it makes it way more fun sexually because you can all get tested, and then you don't have to play so safe. And that's that's why it's ideal for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that you've ever kind of come close to or felt like you could do or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Didn't make it past the three month mark. We've never talked about that. Does that sound sexy to you? Sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Way to put him on the spot. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like we're recording. It's like, hey, I just said this really cool thing that makes me sound cooler. Are you into it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not manipulative at all, though. So. <laughs> it would have been way more fun drama. It's like, that sounds awful. <laughs> all of a sudden, the Paige and Joe are like, mm, mm. turn it up. Drop we're like, okay, so we're, we're back just with Jess now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's just gone through a really rough breakup. So we're going we're gonna to ease 
ease up on the questions a little here today. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? This is Rodi Farrell. Mm-hmm. I love Farrell. Cross dress So this was a question that um I actually asked Jess during the um my my process of being poly curious <laughs> when I was when I was dating Oh, like three, three, three different guys. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. You're right. Mm-hmm. He is a half. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He knows who he is. It's sad. Um, She's not kidding, but I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, so, uh, juggling different relationships, I I texted Jess and I was like, "How do you keep everyone's likes and dislikes straight? <laughs> because I like I'll have that problem with friends." <laughs> Where friends will be like, I can't believe that you put tomatoes on my sandwich. You know I don't like tomatoes. And I'm like, bitch, I got a hundred friends. I don't remember who likes tomatoes and who doesn't. But legitimately, like, was on a date and was like, oh, can I have your pickle? And he's like, why the fuck would you ask me that? I love pickles. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm thinking my other boyfriend who hates pickles. My bad. (laughs) And yeah, and how does that, like... You mean, can you even say that? Does it get awkward? Because I, the people that I was dating mainly, um, one, totally cool with being with being poly, actually said to me the other day, really takes the pressure off of me that you are dating other people, which I'm like, awesome. And then the other one was not okay with it. And that's a story for another time. It's not around anymore. But um, but it, he was the one that was totally like, Ugh, I can't believe you don't remember that. And I'm like, listen, we've been, we've been dating two months. I don't remember your name sometimes. <laughs> no, that's not true. But, but how, um, how do you keep everyone's like, likes and dislikes straight? Or do you? First of all, I ain't dating like ten people. <laughs> so it's like, I got Miko and Joe. Like I'm good. Um, but I mean, I think everyone can relate to this. Especially, are you still talking to people on OKCupid? He I was like on the hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyone who's talking to multiple people on a dating app has to understand like the way that you have to keep because you're like, okay, did we talk yeah. about this? Because you don't want to be the person who's like, you already told me that story. You know Mm. what I mean? So it's just like, how do any of us who are monogamous or otherwise who are single and looking, you know, and you're talking to three dudes on Bumble, two on OkCupid, you know, one you've met, most you haven't gone out with yet. Like, how how does anyone keep it separately? For me, it's the Notes app on my iPhone. (laughs) Oh, my God. I fall in love with you more and more every single time you open your mouth. Yeah, and I I love that. I'm see, and I'm very much like a writing things down sort of person, and so the chat history keeps me <laughs> so awesome. Like I'm I'm the best girlfriend ever when I have notes to like roll back to, where I'm like, oh, did you you haven't tried Sonic yet? Yeah. And you love 
Peanut butter? Huh, here's a peanut butter Sonic milkshake. You, you Where did tell. that come She's from? She's a stage manager. Yeah. yeah. You can tell. You can tell. Yeah. yeah. He, like, I have director's notes on our last date. Mm-hmm. Here's what we did. <laughs> here's how we can improve. You want to say what they did wrong. Here's how you can improve. No, yeah, chat history. Because it's like, if you're talking to multiple people, whether you're dating them all or you're just trying to get a date on these apps, it is hard to keep apart. Mm-hmm. I can't remember sometimes. And that's why you just got to be honest. And if you do mistake... Somebody and they're like, I think that's someone else you're talking to. Like, oh. uh, yeah, and I'll legit have <laughs> an order. Face, like, sorry. <laughs> I'll have an order too. I'm terrible about this, but like, I will legitimately on like OKCupid, okay I will have an order in which I tell my stories or explain things yeah. to them. 100%. And so I'm totally, I'll scroll back and be like, oh, okay, great. So I'm on the uh, what I do for a living. Um, story so i move on to the next story Dude, and, and like cute selfies which selfie have i sent you don't listen to this miko plug <laughs> <laughs> your ears yeah yeah but like okay have i sent this cute photo you know like or you know especially if i'm doing something cool that day and i'm like sending people photos have i already sent it to this person you know what i mean they're like mm-hmm. you already sent me this this morning oh. <laughs> Uh, well, you never shouldn't have the first time. Tell me how pretty I am again. I didn't like the response I got the first yeah, time. It so wasn't strong enough. <laughs> I think it's fun that you can forget a little bit about a bit. You forget a little about things because someone tells you a story and they're super excited about it, but they forgot that they told you. I've had this done several times where I'm just like, I'm going to pretend it's the first time I've heard it because people like to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I can't do that. that That's one of my things. Uh, yeah, I can't That's either. I want to. That's very kind of you. Yeah. I am like, mm-hmm, and then this, to try to like cue them that they've told you. Yeah. And I know I'm guilty of it, and I'd rather just be cut off. That's fair. You've told me the story. Oh, sorry, I'm a narcissist, <laughs> and I talk a lot about myself. I also use it um, in my relationship. My boyfriend hates pickles, but I always forget that he hates pickles. I assume like all white people love pickles. <laughs> And then whenever we get pickles or anything, I always just give him my pickle. And he's like, you know, I don't like pickles. And then I fall in love with him all over again. He's like, good, because pickles are fucking nasty. Thank you so much. And it's just like a good moment. I'm like, oh, I forgot that you also dislike this thing that I dislike. This is good. Yeah. We can stay. Because I forget because all white people love pickles. So I got to ask Miko, are you having trouble talking to so many people? To so many people? You mean during the interview now? No. (laughs) This is a very poly interview. No, I mean like keeping them... On, like, straight on your apps, like, who you've asked out, like, or who you've said whatever to. Is it hard to keep track? Um, I mean, I use the chat history, too, in the app, okay, too. Right. So, so yeah. Um, but I haven't been going going that extensive, either. So, we'll see. You, have you been on any dates? Because if so, I haven't heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-huh. I was going to work through jealousy in real time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, I liked what you said earlier. I, I know we talked about in the last episode about if you're dating more than one person or talking to more than one person, it takes the pressure off of that person. Hmm. And when I heard when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is this makes sense. This is so nice. And my boyfriend and I were recently in a rough patch and we talked for a couple of hours just about everything that we were going through. And it was one of those moments where I realized, OK, if we can't find a solution to this main issue that we're having, then let's just break it off. Like we're on a good level. Let's stay friends because we we obviously love each other. We want each other in our lives. We don't want to get to that nasty part of a breakup because we want to stay in each other's lives. And we started talking about something and our polyamorous episode came up, polyamory episode came up. And my boyfriend was like, well, if I like this, 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 would you feel comfortable if I did it with someone else? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course I would. What do you mean? Because he's very into something that I'm not into. 
And it's one of those things that I can't fake pretend to be into because it just, it takes a lot out of me. Spoiler alert, it's Star Trek. I love Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked with Star Trek. You're talking to me about Star Trek. We'll go all night long. Um, but he has a friend who's in his close circle who is also gay, who's also a bit younger, into the things that he's into, into that culture, into going out and doing these fun little things that you're supposed to do when you're in college. And that's not where I'm at. But he's like, would you feel comfortable? I just went like and hung out with him and did these things. So I was like, yeah, of course I'd feel comfortable with you doing that. You're doing something that you like, that you have met on that same level with someone else. Have that, have that excitement, have that freedom. And then you don't put that on me. So when I don't share the same excitement, it's not upsetting to you. You kind of get that out of your system. And then me, you can focus on the things that we are doing together. And then he, he was just so blown away from it. And since then, we have just been on an uphill, like, roller coaster. Fuck yeah. And it has been so good and so helpful just to not put that pressure on each other for certain things or certain needs. Other people can meet the needs that you need. Not one person can handle all of that. And it's kind of, I think, rude to put all of that on one person. Expect that they can be every single thing for you. And once you're, like, kind of free from that, you're just having fun. Yeah, and I'll let Miko talk about this, but I remember that was, like, one of the first topics that, on our first date, that he was like, that's the best thing ever. Do you remember that? Just the fact that one person doesn't have to meet all your needs and the whole, like, hiking thing. Yeah, no, that hiking analogy, and I think you said it in the last podcast, too, that's the perfect analogy, I think. Because if you're having control over someone, um, I, I don't know, that's that's so, that that would be, like, a negative kind of emotion, right? Letting them do what they want to do, that's that's the real love, right? And letting mm. them be free. Letting them be that independent person. And they'll they'll come back to you even stronger. So oh. yeah. That's where mm-hmm. that trust comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was slay right there in like so few words. <laughs> <laughs> um I was just talking about this upstairs with my brother before you guys came over, was that is the secret to a healthy, rockin', sustainable relationship, whether or not you're poly or monogamous. If you can figure out how to let your partner have their needs met by someone else and not beat them up for it and not beat yourself up for it. That's the sustainability. And, you know, we sold Professor Daylover's um, library a couple weeks ago and one of my favorite local uh, monogamous couples came by to rifle through and they were talking about that same thing about how he was getting ready to go do something that she's like I ain't into it and he's like that was my deal with her like you have to know I'm into these things you don't have to be into them I'm gonna go do these things and I'm gonna fulfill myself you know and she was like cool and I'm like yes that's it that's the key hmm. monogamous or polyamorous doesn't matter the only thing with polyamorous is that we would include intimacy romance and sex mm-hmm. as the things that's okay to get fulfilled by someone else yeah but it's an unrealistic expectation. It's literally impossible. There is no way that one human being can fulfill all of your needs. And to make your partner feel bad for seeking that in someone else is manipulative, controlling, and wrong. And then to make yourself feel bad for not being everything to someone else mm-hmm. is manipulative, controlling, and wrong. And Professor Daylover has walked in the room. Hey, welcome. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite boyfriend. Right. I know. Community <laughs> husband in the house. Joe, we actually had a question for you. Shoot. Um, so, <laughs> how hard do you take breakups, like Jess's and your own? I think I... That's a great question. I think that I take Jess's breakups harder because I've... 
had less partners and let therefore less breakups. I did have one that was, I guess qualifies as a breakup. That was pretty traumatic and I took it pretty hard. But other than that, you know, my experience has been just kind of friends that I end up sleeping with. And then I kind of go in and out of that as they are in other relationships. And so I don't really have a lot of breakup experience per se, but it does, it does affect me when she goes through breakups because, you know, I never like to see her sad or anything like that. Yeah, listen up, Miko. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, dude. <laughs> Poor Miko. It's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Miko and Joe love each other. It's super cute. <laughs> Yeah, we do. <laughs> I didn't mean the relationship. I just meant this podcast. It's oh, just like, it. I'm done with you guys. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> Too much. Did that answer awesome. your question? Yeah. I mean, answered. That's but, sweet, babe. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so we did talk a little bit about uh, just normality of things. Uh, so we got a question that says that you get a lot of grief from people because polyamory is not considered, quote unquote, normal. Do you feel like you are normal? And does anyone really know what normal is brilliantly worded question um i don't think we're not status quo that's for sure although i think behind the blinds and behind the curtains of any relationship it's probably not status quo i think what we're presenting of our relationships to the outside world are not actually what's going on behind them so i think our relationship model at this time is not very popular and not very well understood, but when you really start to examine what's weird and you really pick it up and look at it, you realize nothing is inherently weird. We decide culturally by what's accepted, what's weird and what's not weird. But when you really examine it apart from its context, like nothing is inherently weird. You've just decided that that's weird. And then once you let that go, either everything's equally weird or nothing's weird. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the pregnancy thing is a really good example. I think a lot of people think that's really weird. Like, as soon as I got pregnant, I was going to stop being polyamorous as if motherhood was this time to stop being yourself or something. Right. Yeah, I think I, I heard someone uh, put it as, I hope that Jess uh, finally settles down now that she is <laughs> pregnant. Yes. And I was like, that's rude. <laughs> it takes a village, y'all. I hope I don't settle down. Yeah, that is actually really rude. And that's it, it shows their programming. That's mm -hmm. their point of view. For right. me to not be myself as a mother would be the worst possible thing that I could do. So that's coming from a place of they're assuming I'm not being myself or I'm not being responsible because polyamory is weird to them. But it's mm -hmm. only weird compared to what? Right. And yeah, and they weren't even remotely doing it to be like judgy or anything else they were just you know blindly coming yeah. from where yeah. they come from in life and hoping for the best for you but it was just said in an ignorant way yeah yeah you know they just ignorant. don't know which means they should be listening to the podcast yeah i mean <laughs> it is weird right but not inherently weird right mm -hmm. it's not objectively weird um I don't know, Miko, are Joe and I weird? No. <laughs> Is dating a married pregnant woman weird? Sometimes I say that to him. I'll be like, do they know your girlfriend's pregnant and married? <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm I'm super open. So for me, it wouldn't be weird. But um, 
I know I have seen some questions fielded from friends um, that that are finding out that I'm I'm poly, and one of them was um, a strong question um, from that person where they said if if someone would get into polyamory um, because they have things that they need to work on themselves or things that they need to work on in their relationship. Um, I think that's, they, they said that they thought that that was a bad thing. And I thought that was a great observation because polyamory won't go in to fix those things. Right? No way. Yeah, you have to work on yourself a little bit more, right? Before getting into that. I would not so. recommend anyone in any dysfunctional relationship try polyamory to fix it. Yeah, so you have to be, be healthy weird. coming in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing as like when people get a puppy. Yeah. Or when people like think that having children will solve the problems right. in their relationship. Yeah. It's like it's just going to com compound it. Yeah, because whatever games you're playing, they're only going to be exacerbated. Hmm. Because um, once your ego is challenged in polyamory and once your ability to control things are challenged, your desire to play more games is just going to get worse. And whatever control dramas you have between you and your partner, they're going to get gnarlier. Hmm. And that actually brings me back to jealousy. Which is, like, the thing with jealousy and the reason I talk about confession being the, like, greatest thing you could do in that moment is because jealousy is really only bad when it causes you to then retaliate in a secretive way. So I'm jealous, so when he comes home, I'm going to be moody. Mm. And I'm going to act like, and when he asks me what's wrong, I'm going to be like, nothing. And I'm going to have an attitude, and I'm going to control his ability to relax in the house by my mood. Because I was feeling jealous and now I need to feel powerful and because I didn't deal with that jealousy. And so that's the type of game playing I'm talking about. If you can confess your jealousy and not let it control your behavior, it's fine. It's a fleeting emotion. It's probably going to leave and a loving partner will help you work through it. Um, but that's this type of dysfunction that's not going to work in monogamy or polyamory. You might just be able to hide it a little more in monogamy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's my only guess. We no. actually had an episode of the podcast where we talked about uh, people playing kind of mind games with each other yeah. in a relationship and how that didn't help people out. Because although, like, on the surface, I was like, oh, well, if I act this way, this is what I'll get in response. Yeah. Like, you mm -hmm. win whatever game you're playing. But as a person, it doesn't really help you out. And it doesn't help your relationship because if you're playing a game, you're hiding something or you're trying to manipulate a dis uh, situation inside instead of trying to kind of take it head on and be like, okay, well, this is what I didn't like. Yeah. This is how mm -hmm. mean you can grow from it. This is how I felt. Let me know how you yeah. feel. What can we do to solve this? Instead of, like you were saying, oh, I don't like that you went out, so I'm going to be a grumpy bitch when you get home. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I'm going to punish you, but I'm going to act like that that's not what I'm doing. And if you accuse me of doing that, I'm going to have proof, mm -hmm. quote unquote, proof that that's, I didn't say that. No, you didn't fucking say it, but you said it psychically, you said it energetically, and you're manipulating the energy in this room right now. And everything you just described are control dramas. And we all have different control dramas. Um, becoming aloof is a control drama. So I'm not happy in a situation. I'm going to become aloof and draw attention to myself or act like a victim. Um, attacking or berating is another, it's kind of the opposite of aloof. So someone who becomes aloof to gain control, the other side of that would be someone who attacks and becomes angry and uses their anger um, to gain control. What are the others, Joe, off the top? I can just remember aloof, running, attacking. Being lot. defensive, probably. Being yeah. defensive. Acting like a victim. Acting mm -hmm. like a victim and lying. Those are, and once you know what yours are, you should share them with your partner and be like, hey, FYI, if you see me doing that, feel free to call me out. 
Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a very scary, good but yeah. good. Yeah. And what you'll quickly find is who wants to play those games and who doesn't. So if you get someone who freaking blows up at the idea that you want to stop these games, that person's not going to be able to orbit in your circle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. They should go find someone who wants to play those games while pretending you're not playing games. Because that's the game. Is I'm acting like a bitch right now, but acting like you can't say that I'm doing that because you can't prove it. Mm-hmm. But we both know I am. We both know. Right. <laughs> so lying, acting like a victim, running, or being aloof, or attacking. Those are all control dramas. And if you can get someone who's like, yeah, you're not perfect. I'm still going to do it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I want to stop doing it. And I kind of want you to call me out when I'm doing it lovingly. That is amazing. <laughs> what if that was like your Tinder profile? It's like, these are the ways to which I respond when I don't like something in a relationship. Yeah. Hmm. Can you put up with that? Can we kind of grow together and help fix these things? Or not necessarily fix, but work through these issues? Right. Perfect. Then swipe right. It's cute. You think people read those? <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so mad. I'm so, like, my, my OkCupid profile is ridiculously <sighs> like, no, this is the order of my love languages. Yeah. This is my um, Myers-Briggs. Yeah. This is, yeah, like, here's a link to an article about how I date. <laughs> if you can hang with that, then you can hang with me. It's and 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 I have on there, like, one of the top, like, three sentences, like, right at the very, very top are, um, small talk is like sandpaper to my psyche. Just dive in, champ. Mm. And literally, every single guy that messages me is still like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, how's your Tuesday treating you? What? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, one more thing about control dramas, and of course, none of this is my, this, these are just things I've studied. Um, but you tend to, in monogamous or any relationship, um, extremely dysfunctional codependent relationships, um, you'll get two control dramas that go together. So someone who is aloof or acts like a victim when triggered will find someone who has anger and attacking trigger um, mm-hmm. control dramas, and then that will be a couple. And so they're constantly playing that game where one of them's triggered, they attack, the other one acts aloof, and then on we go into infinity forever. It's like a Psych 101 um, yeah. video game. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So, and we all have them. That's mm-hmm. how we survive childhood. But you have to be able to pull out of them and you have to be able to communicate about it. Like, yeah, we had them in childhood. You're an adult now. Right. Mm-hmm. I did want to address the kind of vocabulary about polyamory. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and not in a rude way, but ignorant people can kind of talk about it in certain ways that already downplays it or has it as a negative. Um, when we list, when we had the last episode, me and my boyfriend had a road trip that we took. And every time we take a road trip, we talk about important things. We talk about ourselves. It's a good time to kind of detach from everything else and kind of just focus on us. And we were talking about polyamory and he's like, I think it's such an interesting concept, one that we can definitely like explore later on. We're still trying to work through these things, but it's a thing that I'm not counting out just yet. It's just weird having like this thing with that's, this is the normal way, and here's the polyamory way. And then I was immediately when I was like, what? No. that's It's a different way. It's not, there's no normal, and then polyamory. It's not it's, mutually exclusive to the word normal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. I was like, yeah, but I want you to know and be aware of when you say it that way. Mm-hmm. It kind of downplays how I am as a person, specifically to me. Because when we also first dated, and I didn't quite understand what polyamorous was just yet, but I knew that I wasn't focused on one person, one person can be everything. He's like, well, I don't want to be one of those same-sex couples that's just open. 
because that's all of them. And then I took that and I was like, oh, well, you're right. Like, if we're going to be dating, we are a same-sex couple. There already has a bad stigma that they just sleep around and blah, blah, blah. And I felt really bad about it. And I didn't realize that the emotions that I felt were like, oh, I don't want to add to the negative stigma. It's, oh, that's not what I was trying to do. So then just talking about it, and we're like, oh, I didn't know that that was an issue to you. And now that we're practicing small actions of polyamory and people are talking to him, they're like, isn't that weird? Your boyfriend lets you do that. And then my boyfriend is like, oh, yeah, like this is this is this. And then I was like, no, when they say that, don't say my boyfriend lets me because that means I'm in control and I'm, I'm not in control. I'm not your parent. I'm not hmm. your master. I we we talked about this in a relationship. So when someone says that to you, he's like, no, me and my partner agreed that this was okay. Right. And then just changing that, he was like, oh, because that switches it up. Because you still have the, oh, your partner allows you to do that. You're still saying it's negative. It's like, oh, because one person's in control. But you can still do this little thing. But it's a controlled disaster. And he was like, oh. Yeah, I'm not married to a parent. I ain't trying to get permission. You know, consent and permission are different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things. Um, I don't know if there was a question. <laughs> no, I, well, I just wanted to bring it up for the people who kind of are listening. And just the way when you talk about polyamory, it, it matters just how much about what you have to say for it. Yeah. How you say it and how you have that communication with other people and don't kind of feel like you are tied to this specific set of words associated with it. You can branch it out. And if someone says it negatively, try to spin and be like, okay, well, you say this it this way. I say it this way. And do you see how that already changes the conversation and now it's much more open? Yeah. Hmm. That's very progressive. Thank you for fighting that fight. Well, thank you. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of the conversations I'm allowed to have now, it's because we did the polyamorous episode because people listened to it because people were willing to have that conversation. So now Mm -hmm. I'm like, hearing you talk about it, I was like, no, this solidifies what I am. Now I'm going to be its champion because this is okay. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, who I am, my identity as a person has been kind of downplayed or ignored or erased so i'm like no we're gonna get this right you're gonna understand you're gonna understand even if it doesn't click or you don't agree with it you're gonna understand where i'm coming from to the point where it's an acceptable thing i would love to ask miko how talking to your friends has been because this has been a different experience so every time i do date someone who hasn't been poly before how their friends talk about it to them greatly affects the health of our relationship. And so I have been madly in love before with a boy that who our relationship was not sustainable because his friends talked so poorly about polyamory and he just couldn't, he didn't have the support. And Mm -hmm. that makes me realize how blessed Joe and I are to be so supported. So how has it been talking to your friends and do you know what Joe's talking about kind of? Mm -hmm, I do. And I mean, for the friends that matter to me and my family, I mean, they're all supportive. Like, they're like, rock on, man. And I'm super open, so I'm just so happy to talk about this and everything, right, to everyone. And I just yeah. want to um, just talk it out. But if I would talk to, let's say, coworkers or acquaintances, I always get a weird look. And it's only because maybe they just don't know. They don't really get it. And I think you said that before. Monogamous people would uh, consider it as a threat right where they might think of polyamory as a swinger you know Mm -hmm. mindset where it's not that at all um so it's just it's just educating them and i'll just talk them through their questions um but then they just probably won't bring it up again and i'll be like okay i respect that i won't cross that boundary i don't want to convert them um i just you know kind of want to kind of let people know what's going on but the friends that matter they they're all about it so that's Mm. what's cool 
So we had um, one final question, and I would really love it if all of you, all three of you, could kind of chime in and say what what you think about it. Um, so somebody wrote in and said, so many divorces of monogamous relationships happen on a regular basis in today's society. Do you feel like poly is a bit more sustainable because it allows you to grow as a person and not necessarily um, having to grow with your partner as much as you would be required to in a monogamous relationship? Mm keyword in that question sustainable i'm gonna let professor daylover go first (laughs) (laughs) sort of like awkwardly crotching down (laughs) so yes i feel like there's probably a fair amount of couples out there that are in monogamous marriages or relationships that break up and get divorced that probably if they were in a healthy place, Polly could have gotten them over that hump or that roadblock, whatever it was. And I think Polly allows you to address your fears, your own personal fears, independent of any relationship on their own as a person. And then you're able to grow better with another person, whether that's the person you're already with or somebody else. And so, yeah, I feel like it, would be more sustainable on average but again that depends on the each individual and their own ability to maintain any kind of a relationship she's so wonderful (laughs) beautiful the joes are in love (laughs) oh my i'm always surrounded by joes i'm gonna let miko go next um in terms of like trying to fix a, a relationship Yes. Do you find polyamory to possibly be the more sustainable relationship model? Right. I mean, I, in my mind, I think so. Um, I don't know as a culture, as a society, how long that might take, but, but just having that open and love, um, is really attractive and working on less jealousy, less, less controlling. Um, I think that's attractive too. Um, at the same time, I totally understand that some people aren't about that. Um, and if they want to keep um, being monogamous, that is totally cool. But I, I can totally see that polyamory would be would be on the rise and catch on just because of all the messages that it has. Mm. Yeah. That was well said. Um, so my answer to is polyamory more sustainable would be... Yes, for polyamorous people. (laughs) So it's all about making sure you're living the lifestyle that fits your values and fits who you are. And I always try to be like, it's not better than monogamy. It's just a different way to love and a different way to live. But some part of me deep down does feel like it's more sustainable because it honors more the change we naturally go through in our life. So you know, people change and they evolve in a relationship and eventually you get to probably around seven years would be the time where you're comfortable, you're happy, you could maybe use a little excitement in the romance area. And instead of that freaking you out, it becomes kind of, it's the gospel, it's the good news (laughs) (laughs) that your partner can go out and get a crush or go on a date or kiss someone or um, do uh, find a new hobby that they're passionate about that you're not passionate about. And here comes this male or female into their life that can meet them in that space and light that fire again. That's it's fun to fall in love. Um, But sustainable. Yeah, I think 
it just brings you back to yourself and it brings you back to your independence. And so even if you're not dating someone, you don't have to be dating multiple people to be polyamorous. You can just be polyamorous in your lifestyle and in the way, kind of like Miko said, where you're not really controlling what someone else does and the behavior of someone else is not affecting your happiness and your ability. That's so great. Yeah, because that did come up. And I I texted Jess, um, like, super in a panic because right after... um, one of the guys that I'm seeing was like, yeah, no, it takes a lot of the pressure off if you're dating multiple people. And the very next day uh, is when I had the the breakup with the other one. Mm-hmm. And I totally texted Jess in a panic. I'm like, I feel like I need to go out. I need to go on a date. Like, I need to go on a date right now because, like, I don't want him to feel pressure. What do I do? I need to date somebody else. And she's like, you don't. You don't need to date anybody else. You're going to be like, it's okay. And I got asked out on a date the next day, so it didn't matter. But still, <laughs> but I was still like super in a panic. Like I need to, I need to be polyamorous. That's what he wants me to be. Like, and if I'm not dating more than one person, then I'm not. And what do I do? Totally panicked. Because it's still on you to not put that pressure on that person, right? You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. not the actual presence of the other person. It's the independence you have found. And that's what I'm saying. Even monogamous people, if you're listening right now, you can find that healthy independence in monogamy where you're not putting that pressure on that person to be your everything mm-hmm. and you ultimately are taking responsibility for your own happiness and i think every i i've heard that before it's a very common thing that every seven years in marriage is when these road bumps happen and i think if you're free to just go out and make mistakes and fall in love or don't fall in love or whatever. I really think, because Joe and I, Joe's my best friend, we are domestically completely amazingly compatible and we're going to be amazing parents. And the fact that I don't need him to be my everything to me all the time is going to make us be able to go on forever, I think. And I think a lot of times when people, monogamous people are asking like, you know, aren't you afraid he's going to leave you for someone else? And they don't realize the amount of monogamous programming that comes from that question. Only a monogamous person would be afraid that your partner is going to leave you for someone else. Mine doesn't have to. He can fall in love with whoever he wants. You, you actually have to take the plug out of that part of your brain and plug it in somewhere else. Hmm. Because the question is loaded. The question mm-hmm. is coming from a place of aren't you afraid if you give him that freedom that he's just going to leave you? No, I'm not. Cause yeah. he's Polly. Yeah. Their brain takes it as, you know, if you give him something, he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to leave you if you and give him that freedom. Exactly. He's gonna leave you. Yeah. He's going to leave me whether we're polyamorous or monogamous or not, if he wants to leave. Yeah. Me. If he doesn't mm-hmm. love you, he doesn't love you. He's yeah. not going to stay around in whichever right. relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. But we've figured out how to grow together and it's by being independent not through polyamory, but by being independent and not dysfunctionally codependent that we, I think, are sustainable. Yeah. And that was my my favorite part of the last um, poly episode was saying that polyamory brings you back to yourself. Yes. Like, that's so true and so pure and so awesome. And I have actually found that, that I am comfortable being by myself and I still get, you know, the benefits of having like a loving relationship with other people, but I still also can be alone and be okay with that. Yeah. Amen. Well said. And congratulations. Thanks. Because if you can be alone, then you can fall in love. Mm-hmm. There you go. True. Thank you guys so much. 
You guys are so awesome. I know. Like, <laughs> Joe and I are like happy crying like all the time about well, like. It's just nice. And there's so much love flowing through this room right now. Mm-hmm. And there's positivity and education floating around. There are things that I'm always learning every single day. And I'm just like, I just love being in a room where I don't feel like, oh, I'm dumb. Let these people like talk at me so I can try to retain some information. It's, I feel the positivity. I feel people just wanting to help out other people, but also expressing themselves and how they feel which a lot of people don't often get the chance to do, especially two strangers who might be listening over like a podcast app. That's refreshing. And yeah. it just feels so good. And you it brings some amazing. light. You guys are great hosts. I really am honored yeah. to produce any podcast I get to produce for you guys. Cause I think you're really good at what you do. Well, we'll take you up on it. Cause we sound super sexy. on I'm really excited because I had a really great morning with my husband and it's my date night with my Miko love. Yeah. <laughs> So, so cute. Yeah, and wrap up the pocket. <laughs> and then well, get yeah. out of this room because this is also my guest room. <laughs> <laughs> going to put the mattress back down and we're going to have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. And um, as we end every episode, Joe and I want to remind you, always, always wear, wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye. <laughs>